Hello, you found us again on Boomerangst. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. And before we get started today, I wanted to do some corrections. Last week, I mentioned two articles from the New York Times and did not credit the writers. So for Smash the Wellness Industry, that was written by Jessica Knoll, and Madonna Turning 60 was written by Vanessa Gregoriadis. One other correction I did want to make, since we were talking about recycling last week, I do reuse and I do reduce. It's just the recycling part that I don't do. And that's an ongoing conversation. As a matter of principle. (laughs) As a matter of principle. (laughs) I get it. Of course. Today, we were going to start with a little discussion of The Patriot Act. It's a half hour on Netflix. It stars Hassan Minhaj, who is an Indian Muslim comedian. Hassan Minaj was in something called Homecoming King, and that was on Netflix as well. He's also had bit parts in movies. Patriot Act is this really wonderful 24-minute deep dive into one subject. It's a lot like John Oliver's Last Week Tonight, but John Oliver generally discusses several things, and Hassan Minaj just does the one thing. Uh, Anyway, he's young, he's very hip, and he takes this perspective which is both funny and very intent. And I just really think it's a great show. I, I love it. Let's think about Marie Kondo. Oh, yes. My experience with Marie Kondo is, I think she had six... <laughs> everything we talk about seems to have six episodes. But <laughs> That's our I believe she span. had six episodes. <laughs> and I watched them all. That's I, enough. They're very bingeable. She's this tiny, tiny woman. She comes into these people's homes, and they're in all different levels of chaos. Right. They're all chaotic. One is a family with small children, which has its own level of disorganization. But she comes into the homes, and through an interpreter, she doesn't even speak English. Are you kidding me? No. Oh, my God. She speaks through an interpreter okay. and explains her philosophy. Okay. And one of the things that she does is she blesses the house, apartment, whatever situation that people are living in. She At the outset. Yes. Yes. She sits down and she closes her eyes and then she allows the spirit of the home to present itself to her. Oh, that's great. It is. It's you, wild. What is the title of the series itself? Is it... I think it's called Tidying Up. Tidying Up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but the impressive thing to me is that she comes in, she explains what her philosophy is, blesses the house, and gives a little instruction to the people who are going to be going through her process. Then she comes back about three weeks later and sees what's going on. By the third time she comes back, she is presented with what looks like a pristine home every single time. Now, again, like Queer Eye, I'm not sure that they don't have episodes that they just don't run because they aren't successful cleaning up. The important thing is, unlike Queer Eye, the people have to do all the work themselves. They don't get any help from her in the interim. Or a crew or anything like that. Right, right. She teaches them. That's the real deal. They have to go through and make decisions about their possessions. There's one couple, and they have a collection of Christmas ornaments that is the size of a living room. Here and can't seem to let go of any of this stuff. Oh, wow. And it's stifling them. The husband wow. doesn't complain, strangely. He's, yeah. He says, happy wife, happy life. But she sees that it's starting to cripple her. Right. And by the end of it, everything is put away. He has a collection of baseball cards. That's his big, big right. item. And those things have been neatly stacked. It's just amazing. Wow. And her philosophy is something that you keep should spark joy. Now, I don't know if she means for cleaning products. Are those supposed to spark joy? We don't really get into it. But right. at least that's what I got from the 
TV show. So right. how, how did the book present itself? Well, I'm reading it in really small doses because I'm afraid once I get into it, I'm going to have to declutter. And I just don't know if I'm up to it. So, but it's a very intriguing book, and she's she's kind not I wouldn't say sneaky, but she's very understated. And the first thing she said in the book was people get off track with cleaning out their places because they go room by room. And she yes. said you have to go category of yes. object by category of object. Right. So you do clothes, and then you do I don't know what else is there. Um, she has different categories. And it doesn't matter what room they're in. Right. Um, office stuff. Well, the, um, the, the dramatic thing in the series is when it's usually the women, but they bring all of their clothes into one room. Oh, it could okay. be the bedroom. It could be the living room. Just in a but pile? In a pile. And mm. they have to go through every single item. Yeah. And decide whether to keep it. Yeah. Well, that sounded intriguing to me, but my style is exactly what she says does not work. Like, I have this idea about cleaning that if I... I've always done this for years... If I can just put away 10 things a day, I'll be okay. And she says that doesn't work. And she's right. I mean, it, it works a little bit. Like, it doesn't really work. When you say put away 10 things, what category of things are those? Things that are out that should be somewhere else but out. Okay. It could be kitchen utensils. It could be clothing. It could be pieces of mail. Okay. Objects of whatever kind that are out that don't need to be out. You know? So that's contributing to and the And the house starts to look busy. Okay. Yeah. Got it. So she says, don't do that. She, it's going to be revolutionary if I do do it. So I got on to the next chapter last night, and that's where she gets a little more spiritual. And she says that she works with her clients, and she before they do anything, they have to write down why they want to tidy up. Oh, and what they, the vision of how they see themselves once their house is tidy. What does that mean, the vision? How will they be, how will it be in their house? How will they feel, feel in their house? Okay. What will they do in their house? What will their life in their house be like when it's tidy? Yeah. And so she talks about this one woman who said something like, when my house is tidy, I'm going to have a flower arrangement over here and I'm going to have essential oils burning and I'm going to be doing yoga in my house at night and then I'm going to sit and I'm going to sip herbal tea. And she says, okay, those are great things to want. Why do you want those things? And she keeps at them, she says, asking, but why? So the next level might be, well, because if I do the yoga and drink the herbal tea and have the nice flower arrangement, um, I'll feel calm. Oh, calm. Well, that's good. Why do you want to feel calm? And she says she keeps at them and she makes them write this out. Uh -huh. I don't know if they do the writing in the TV version. I don't remember. But she makes them write. So she keeps at them with these questions. But she says it always happens. Eventually, the thing they want is to be happy. And that's so profound for me because, I mean, I've struggled all my life with negative, repetitive thought patterns that are just burden to have, but I felt I had no choice in the matter. So, oh, and then she says in this chapter I just read that it's, the, it's one and done. You declutter and you are done. This is not about developing a lifestyle change. It's about doing this process called decluttering, right. tidying up. And when it's done, it's done. Because from then on, when objects come into your home, you're discarding them as you go if you don't need them. And you're bringing things in that spark joy. She, Yes, you'll have to do some cleanup, of course, all the time. Where they cook a meal and you clean up the dishes. Yes. But she said it's a one-time thing. And that appeals to me. Because I always thought for the rest of my life, I'm going to have to go through room by room and pick up 10 things at a time. And the problem with 10 things at a time 
is you feel like you're making a little progress, but you never really see a big difference. I could see that. You really don't. Yeah. And I think, you know, you have to come face to face with what's my, I don't think you have to figure this out, but I think the little bit I've read so far, it brings up, oh, a part of me must have some attachment to the chaos. Also, what when you say attachment, it what occurs to me is her goal is to have people not feel that they are servicing their objects. Right. But that their objects are servicing. That's, that's right. And her goal is to be happy. And how can you argue with that? Well, it's I think brilliant. happiness is a crock, so I, I'm up, it's up there with recycling for me. I, I get it, but I think for her, happiness is something different. I it's think, not, it sounds like liberation. Yes. Is what she's talking I about. I think so, being, too. Peace of mind. And, and, yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like having all the things you want or no. kind of an American interpretation of Good, because of I think happy. that that's, that is a misleading yeah. concept. And she doesn't even know the English word for happy, so <laughs> there you go. <laughs> she's never Spoken and it. We don't know that her, <laughs> her interpreter isn't saying something. Oh, that's different. right. Yes, that's but right. no, and and you can see that when she's come back and seen how these people are living, that they breathe easier. Yeah. they're just they're yeah. they're in a different headspace completely. Oh, and she says you do it once, but you don't do it in the space of a weekend. She says you can take as much as six months. Yeah, and that that comforted me too. Yeah. But I have instead. I've decided instead of working on what I consider to be my psychological so-called problems, my challenges, which I realize everybody has them, I'm going to soft pedal that, and I'm going to focus on letting my head and neck be relaxed, and on getting my house cleared. That sounds excellent. And I think that's a more sure way to, to feeling good than hammering away at your psychology. Well, it also is about a process, yeah. rather than a result. That's right. And hers is about the process, yeah. rather than the result. I mean, you are, there is a result that everyone mm-hmm. is looking for. Yeah. But what, one of the things that you do when you're saying goodbye to an object or a piece of clothing is you thank it oh, for yeah? serving you. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And then you give it away or That's you right. have to toss it if it's, That's if it's right. beyond repair. Yeah. And we can do that on an emotional level with the stuff that we let go of. Yes. And uh, I appreciate it. I'm very grateful for you. I think you should, I watch, the, you should watch the TV show just to get an idea yeah. of how the entrenched vibe. the other people are and you will feel better about what you have in front of you oh yeah yeah no I'm not a hoarder no I'm just I just have messy closets Oh, okay. <laughs> and, uh, and corners of the room seem to accumulate yes, yes, little boxes and things. Accumulation. Yeah. Yes. And some of that stuff <laughs> may continue to serve you, and some we're, of it may be ready to say bye-bye. We have to explain to our dear listeners that we're recording this in my home, so everything's <laughs> on display. Yes. Well, I'm used to it, but I can see that it's something that you really want to... The reason I bought this place was when I walked into it, it was empty. Oh. And it looked so clear. Oh, yeah. And I've been able to keep that to a degree it's, it it's, is it really does have still a pretty yes. nice openness but um, anyway that's looking forward to that yeah process. I think you'll I think you'll enjoy it cool and and I'll come in someday and I won't be able to find you everything <laughs> will be gone what else did we oh and we could talk about our podcast podcast doing podcasts well defending our podcast uh-huh. I have one special podcast that I listen to. It's five days a week, and I've been listening to it since 2011. I loved it so much that I went back to the previous three years to listen to all of those episodes. And Luke Burbank, who is the host of TBTL, the initials for Too Beautiful to Live, was on. Um, he was on the radio and out of Seattle, and I listened to that show. And he also co-hosted with another person. I don't know why, but it got me through my divorce.
when he had uh, a female producer, she came up with the idea that their purpose was to help end world loneliness. And I think that that's just such a wonderful idea. It, it helps me whenever I tune into it. I don't feel lonely. I feel like I'm connected to two people that God knows they wouldn't know me if they passed me in the airport, but I certainly know a lot of intimate details about them. Now there's a new producer on named Andrew Walsh, and he's been on for the last, I think, five years. But strangely, the essence of it has stayed the same. It's an intimate look at Luke Burbank, Andrew Walsh, who talk about their daily struggles, their challenges. And I don't know why, but having two men who can talk about these things in a way that isn't saccharine and doesn't feel like they're kind of trying to game the system right. by, by being sensitive, quote unquote, oh, right, right. is very reassuring to me. So now what is it that draws you? Is it is it partly, is it their relationship to each other? I think that's a, a big part of it. They are very compatible and very very different. Okay. They really enjoy each other's company. Right, they right. respect each other's differences. There's a lot of humor in it. And that's what really attracts me is Got that it. it at times can get heavy, mm -hmm. but more often it's there to be entertaining and it really is. And I've been listening now, let's see. So it's been eight years plus the three wow. that I went back to, wow. which they call time banditing. Well, so. <laughs> I have tried to listen to that and I I am not getting it yet. But maybe you have to just surrender to it for a while and kind of get into the... I think it has a slow rhythm. And yes, I think does. I'm so used to listening to news-based stuff that I'm almost addicted yeah. to things galloping along. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think I for me, I think part of my uh, failure to get it, I think is my impatience that I would have to kind of uh, allow that to kind of dissipate and just yeah. de devote, you know, five or six nights in a row of just listening and, yeah. and just letting it wash over me. It's uh, I think also I, I was for trying everybody. to Well, yeah. But I mean, I trust your taste in things. We always like, usually, like the same movies and things True. like that. True. So, um, yeah, I, I'm going to give it more of a chance. But, I, you know, I was listening to one that's similar to that in a way called, did I tell you about Sleep With Me? Yes, and I tried listening to that one. And you can take <laughs> it, right? It. Well, it's it's not for listening. That's the problem with it. If It's for helping right. you relax and go to sleep. And so he purposely speaks a little bit, not exactly gibberish, but it's a little bit nonsensical. I love it because I think he's, for what he's doing, he's got a method that is very, like, he starts out in a very rational way and he's talking to you about things and he's welcoming you to the show if you're new. He starts telling what the show is and how it's designed to help you relax and get to sleep. But he always gets to this point of saying, it's really just about helping you feel like you've got a friend here. Uh-huh. And there's something so pure and plain about that yeah. that I'm always touched and huh. and so I, I I don't know that it's ever helped me really sleep, <laughs> but it and I haven't been listening to it because there's something new I'm gotten onto, but at bedtime. But I think there's something about his acknowledgement that we need to feel like we got a friend, and maybe that's how TBTL works for you. Yes, and I often listen to it the last thing at night. Yeah, because I really yeah. want to devote some energy to listening to it. I don't want it to just sort of right. be background noise. Right, but. I think it's that reassurance that there's another person who out there. Who kind of gets it. Who kind of gets, yes. Yeah. And then you, my feeling is, I don't know that either of them would get me. Right. But I feel like I get them. Right. And, and, and that's pleasurable. It is. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. There's that's something, cool. like I said, it's reassuring. Yeah. Well, I stopped with Sleep With Me because my sleep has gotten better. Oh, good. <laughs> Maybe the show worked. <laughs> 
<laughs> I even, I, I've recommended it to other people who've approached me who have sleep problems. It's worth a try if you do have sleep problems. And you know what's nice about him? He says, look, I'm not the only sleep podcast in town. And he gives you these other ones you can listen to. Oh, wow. And he turned me on to one I also listen to now, which is called Moby Dick the Big Read. And on Moby Dick the Big Read... I've heard of this. They, you know, I... I work with a lot of people who love literature and study it, but I'm not really a big reader. In Moby Dick, The Big Read, it's each, each episode is one chapter. And as it turns out, while Moby Dick is a very long book, the chapters, at least the ones so far in the beginning, are short. They can be read in 10 minutes or 12 minutes oh. out loud. Each chapter is read by someone different. So you get a different oh. rhythm and a different voice. But they're all, are all really good voices. And some are famous actors, Tilda Swinton. Swinton. Uh She reads the first chapter and she's really good. She's really good. And there's other actors who I don't even recognize their names, but I know they must be good because they read so well. But it's really fun. And I'm going to drive to Las Vegas this week. And I'm going to download the chapters and play them as I'm driving to Vegas because it's compelling. And you hear the voice of Herman Melville. And like I said, I'm I'm not very well read, to tell you the truth. So I've never read Moby Dick. But now I see why it's considered a classic. Well, have you ever read Billy Budd? No, but I know it. I've seen the movie. It's not Melville, is it? Or is it? Yeah, it is. So anyway, it's exciting. But that's the one that, that I've been doing. So my new one, it's called The History of the English Language. Oh. And the guy that does it is named Kevin Stroud, and he's a scholar. Oh, and he talks about something that I, when I took French at Middlebury College, they mentioned this. English has the largest vocabulary, possibly of any language, but certainly larger than most. And really? it's Yes, and it's because we didn't let go of our other vocabulary. We it's added French true. vocabulary. So we have, English has been of... If I'm remembering what he said properly, English has developed in a way that it has incorporated a lot of the languages Uh that have influenced it, where some languages are more exclusionary, I guess, and they they reject new words coming in. So we're blessed in a way. We have a much wider, deeper, broader vocabulary than other languages have. Oh, interesting. Um, Because the way we speak, it changes how we see things. I wanted to mention one other series of podcasts that I listen to because oh. I think they're so informative. They are the Slate podcasts. Oh. There are many, many, many podcasts under Slate. The ones that I listen to religiously are Trumpcast, which is Oh, I haven't heard wonderful. that one yet. Oh, it's great. Okay. Basically just the shenanigans that's going on with, with Trump and okay. it's a whole whole episode that's um one or two times a week usually. Okay. Political Gab Fest. Oh, yeah. I've heard them advertised. But it's yeah. really in-depth, different. There's John Dickerson, Emily Bazelon, who is an attorney, and David Plotz, who uh, who was the head of Slate at one time and has oh, wow. moved on to a- another enterprise. But they're fantastic. The other one is the Culture Gab Fest and very topical. And The Waves, which is an all, it used to be called the Double X Podcast, and it's just for women. Other than that, I, I do love Frangela. They have a twice a week oh, podcast. Yeah. And you know I am I love me some Frangela. Yeah. Just can't get enough of those ladies. So that's a very short list, but yeah. I won't bore the listeners with um, anything. Slate had another one, but they stopped it. But uh, it's one I listened to for two seasons. They did the thing on the Clintons. Oh. And they did a thing on Watergate. Yes, yes. And I don't um, think that that's completely over. I think that they just took a break. Okay. Um, what was it called? I it's can't recall. Interesting name. 
I can't recall. Yeah, just a slow burn. Slow, slow burn. burn. That's right. Yeah. Well, Those one of my great. political ones too that I I don't listen to it religiously, but I love to listen to it. But you can't listen to it at bedtime because it's just too alarming. Oh. Is Gaslit Nation with Sarah Kinzior, mm-hmm. and she is brilliant, but her hair is on fire <laughs> all, all the, time. the time. Okay. And rightfully so, but it's just not for bedtime. But she's brilliant in terms of really looking past the news stories that we get fed into really background stuff about the path of the country towards an autonomous structure. Oh. And Oh, interesting. Yeah, that we're just not this idea that we're this happy little democracy. Of course, now in the Trump years, we're not uh, illusion. We're not a happy we, we don't have democracy. that illusion right now. But but even before, even under Obama, who I love, she she tells it to you very yeah. raw, and it, and it's good. But it, like I said, it's you have to be sort of fortified yeah. to listen to it. She's in my feed. I just yeah. I, she's for some reason she got down to the bottom of my feed, mm-hmm. and so I don't see her episodes when they come available. So I'm, right. I'm a little challenged with some of the ones that are down at the lower levels. Yeah. I've got about 30 on there. Wow. So, yeah. <laughs> I think that's enough for, for one episode. Yeah. Well, Woo. thank you, Boomerangs listeners, for coming along with us on this ride, and we will see you next time. Next week. That was fun. Bye, Boomers. Bye. Bye.